Good afternoon, good morning, good evening and welcome people to episode 528 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever I am joined by... The score by John Barry in the black holes banging. Sorry for not talking about it, Mike. It's really, 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 really good. Ian Loring, hi. It, it, it is. I'm. I. I met John Barry once. Um, he's, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's. Uh, cause he's from. He is. He was from York. Uh, sadly, passed now. Um, mm. And he. he I used to go. I had a, a friend um, who was quite involved with the York Panto at the Theatre Royal. It's like a, the York Panto is like a big deal. Um, it's like one of the, like the big pantos um, in the in the UK, and like the last um, showing of it of the season was always like a big deal because there was like a big after party, and I always used to end up getting invited to that because said friend would would always be going, um, and I'd usually go and see the panto beforehand and then go to the the thing, and I was sat next to this guy and I thought. I don't know why I recognise this guy. And I turned round to my, my friend and was like, why, why do I recognise this guy who sat next to me? And he just went, it's John. Like it was fucking nothing. <laughs> I was like, hey, but John who? He went, you know, Bond theme tunes. I was like, it's John Barry. And he's like, yeah, John, this is Mark. <laughs> and it was just like that. And then ended up sitting with him for the panto and then went to the That's after cool. party with him and sat with him. Um, same after party is where I, I, that I had a go at, um, not the same year, different year, that I had a go at um, Dame Judi Dench about the uh, Chronicles of Riddick. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. There's no Becky at the moment. Um, she's on her way home from work. That's she's going to try and join us, but it all depends on traffic and other bits and bats. Uh, well... We've got a bit of a weird show, I think, this week, don't we, Ian? Because um, you were supposed to be somewhere else. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was supposed to be in Bahrain. Felt a little bit off. and was coughing the night beforehand, so... But I'm supposed to leave my house at 10 to 7 to catch the train. I get up at 5am, walk the dog, and I'm just feeling fucking horrific. And I'm just... Fuck, I better take a COVID test just in case. Just in case it'll make me feel better. But, you know, I'm not get I'm not gonna get on a plane if I've knowingly got COVID. Lo and behold, I fucking got COVID. I did two tests, they were both positive. It was like, right, that's that fucked then. So fair play. I got travel insurance, so I got most of the cost back. I've had to spend eighty pounds on a PCR test to uh prove like a lab test to prove that I've got COVID to get my F1 ticket back, uh, money back. Um, but I've already got most of the other money back. So, you know, like I am a little bit out of pocket, don't get me wrong, but not a disaster. But, um, yeah, yeah. Fucking typical. Yeah, that is just, um, like, I, I, was, I was talking to Bex about it and said it, it's, it's one of the things, right, whereby... That if there is some form of God, right, um, and when like when I shift this mortal coil and I get put through and you get to introduce to God, the first thing I say to him is, I need to have a with you, you fucking prick. And he's just going to look at me and go, it's a Bahrain thing, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, it fucking is, you absolute piece of fucking shit. I will, I will happily get sent back down to hell to bollock God about this one. I was so angry for you. 
Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Donna and I were making a lot of jokes about how we live in a simulation over the weekend. Mm. Um, just uh, for some reason, like, a lot of talking about it over the weekend. I do wonder. I do wonder if it was just like, just pipe down. Yeah. Just pipe, pipe down. <laughs> he um, knows too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. But, um, yeah, and I don't know. Is it a sign? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I watched all of the new season of Drive to Survive beforehand. And uh, we'll we'll see about the race this weekend. I'm a little bit like, am I just going to be gutted watching it? I can, um, I, I can see honest. that, yeah. There's a little element of, do you know what? Maybe I give this one a miss and pick it up the week after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, you know, the Red Bull looks like it's going to be pretty tasty again and you know what does that mean for the season anyway anyway uh yeah so yeah got covid so like i'm pretty fucking low energy today as as you may already be able to tell folks so apologies but um i'll be i'll be back on it next next show yeah yeah Uh, so we've got no main review um, this week, um, myself and Bex were going to review um, Wicked Little Letters, but then we haven't because of my work. We haven't had a chance to actually get to it. Oh, you guys not get no, to it? We okay. didn't get to it yet. Oh, fair um, we were gonna go. We were gonna go last night, um, but we just we couldn't line up. Um, every night we couldn't line up the, the the timings for it. They were a bit shitty out our way. Um, but I think there, there is actually because you did you rewatch the Marvels this week? Yes. So me and Bex have watched Marvels as well. Um, so we, we we can kind of chat that and have that as a soft okay. main review. I think we could we could yeah, maybe we'll, do. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do some like bumper what we watched. I've watched six films in the last two days. You, you, I've you, really you, been you, able to do anything. You've gone else. for it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've watched a few bits as well. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll get into that. We're a Pod Syndicate podcast. Go listen to our friend shows. Um, and yeah, cool. Uh, what's what's been happening in the old movie news uh, this this past week? Yeah, there, 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 there have been there have been some things. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. So um, the uh, blah, what's going to say um, the uh, the Screen Actors Guild and the Producers Guild awards were over the weekend and. It's basically setting up that everything, all the major Oscar awards other than Best Actress are sewn up. Yeah. Um, I still think Actress is sewn up as well. Who for? For Actress, I think it'll be Emma Stone. Yeah, you think? That's interesting, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, oh yeah, we recorded on the Sundays. We, We didn't talk about the BAFTAs either, did we? It's just, it's... It's all going the way of, you know, Oppenheimer, really. I, I do wonder whether Killers of the Flower Moon is going to end up not getting any wins, which I spe- I think I speculated might happen when we talked about the Oscar yeah. nominations. But it, 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 it's, it, it just seems to have... I think it's more that there's just there's other films that are more Oscar-y than Killers of the Flower Moon. I think people don't quite know where to put Killers of the Flower Moon. I think a little bit. I think it caught people off guard. It's just yeah, and I don't know. Like the the release strategy was interesting because you know it premiered at Cannes, 
and then basically, you know, didn't come out for another five months. So it by the time it came out, it had already been talked about quite a lot that it mm. almost felt like kind of old news. Like, okay, it's not like a public release, but people yeah. in the industry have seen it since May last year. Yeah, the, the weird thing is, um, like, Oppenheimer came out, like, months before Killers of the Flower Moon, but Killers of the Flower Moon feels like it's been out longer. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it has kind of been percolating in the kind of, like, the zeitgeist for longer. That's, that, that, that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And... The Oppenheimer as well, you know, it's it's a very, very, very good film, and it's almost like one that you can just they can go right. Finally, we can give Christopher Nolan his flowers, Mm. and you know, the the one thing that does surprise me is how strong Killian Murphy's been with actor because it's it's not exactly a showy fucking role, is it? Like it's very buttoned down. It's not your usual. Best actor performance. No, um, it, 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 it's I, not. Yeah. I, I think there's an element of. Um, I mean, it, for a start off, it, it's a biopic, and biopics get a bit of favoritism in in, in awards seasons. Um, it's almost like there should be a separate category for it. I'm not saying that there should there should be. I'm saying it, it, it's getting to the point now where it feels like there's a possibility that it should have to happen just for fairness. Um, but. I think there's an element of he's very well respected in the industry, um, Killian Murphy, and quite well liked within the industry. So there's an element of a uh, that we might not be able to give him another one, and he it's not like yes. he doesn't deserve it for this. That's I I wonder whether there's a part of that to it as well, mm. where he's not, you know, this is actually like. He's not a massive, massive star, and you know it. It it, it was very. He'd worked with Nolan before, and he like bears a physical resemblance to Oppenheimer. So, it, like, if if Nolan wasn't directing this, I wonder whether he would have been cast. Well, that, that's but, that's it. it yeah. It's what his fifth with Nolan, I think. But it, it it's the first time he's been cast as a lead um, with, with Nolan. He, he doesn't get a lot of leading man roles and I think he's fine with not getting yeah. a lot of leading man roles and you know the thing there is he's let's say I think if you said to Killian Murphy right now right Killian you've got schedules of kind of of mashed it together and you've got you've got two options we either want you to do the new 28 like years months whatever it is later movie than a cottle you can either do that or you can do uh, this Marvel franchise where you're playing Doctor Doom or something like that. Um, you know which one, which one do you want to do? This one, this one's you know a franchise you're gonna get banked for it. Or there's this there's the indie film that kind of helped launch your career. He'll go, yeah, I'm not gonna do the Marvel thing. I'll do the 28 the 28 years later thing. He's he, mm. he's just gonna kind of do that because it's just that's his wheelhouse. That's where he likes to sit. And it's and and he he's gonna be able to get things bankrolled because he'll be an Oscar winner mm. like that like that won't you know that will up his uh trying to think of the words um 
like his like star quotient almost uh, to be like uh, well, you know we get him we've got an Oscar winner blah, blah, blah. so yeah no I, I I think that's good um yeah best actress is an interesting one it does kind of feel like it's going to be Emma Stone doesn't it yeah um yeah I just again Lily Gladstone put yourself in supporting actress like yeah. You're gonna defeat, defeat Divine Joy Randolph. Divine Joy Randolph has literally won every single precursor. Yeah, she 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 has, uh, and deservedly so as well. She's fantastic in yeah, she's in and all the you know the. I, I still maintain. I think this this the single, the single best bit of acting um, that I have seen this past year in, in cinema is the her breakdown. In the in the kitchen uh, in the holdovers, because it's not mm. it's not over the top. It's not her screaming or anything like that. You think it might end up being it's just a a, a, a person who just breaks down, um, and it, it's it's heartbreaking. It's fantastic, and she she's going to deserve that. But yeah, I, I think Gladstone would have been the the big challenger in um, if she'd have been in supporting supporting actress there because it. <laughs> I, I get why they don't want to consider it a supporting performance, but she literally disappears for an hour and a half of the movie. Yeah, it's it, and the thing is, weirdly, supporting has often been, and this is going back historically in in awards season is, you know, actor in a lead performance, action lead performance. That is what the the movie stars, the leading man, the leading women, that's what they get. And the character actors get the best supporting. And it, it's almost a little bit like that. It, it's felt often like, uh, historically. Mm. So, from a pure acting sense, uh, I know that we're not supposed to mention his name as much anymore, but Kevin Spacey you know, has said that the best supporting actor means more to him than the best actor. Because that's like, that you were the brightest movie star this year, and the supporting one was like, I think you were really fucking good in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's interesting with RDJ as well, where he's basically won everything as well. Um, Again, it, I... With that one, I, I think there's an argument to make that I don't even think he's the best supporting actor performance in that film. Yeah, sure. And, and he's very good in it, but I do think it's a little bit like we want to give Robert Downey Jr. an Academy Award. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's that as well. And um, it, 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 again, that kind of feels like, and then he doesn't have to do any awards chasing and he just he can just go back to making films that make box office. Mm. Although um, it'd be more it, interesting if he did, if, if, if he could do the career that he had in the like early nineties, before he went to prison, where he was making really interesting, like small budget movies, because when he does a big budget blockbuster, now they, you know, Marvel aside, they tend to be he does a voice and they're a bit crap. Yeah, yeah. It it's um. <coughs> oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, oh, sorry, I've lost my thread, mate. Sorry. No, that's all good. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, 
What I will say is, uh, show exclusive, um, myself and Becky have both got the Monday after the Oscars off, so I think we are going to do Oscar Basham. Oh, oh, great. Good, uh, you, you, good. You've got, you've got work the next day that you've, that you've got uh, there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain we are. We were, we were, it's random. I didn't book it, I, but I have it off. And then Bet's like, oh, I've booked it off. I was like, oh, have you? She's like, yeah. So I was like, right, are we doing it? She's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. Good, good. All right, I'll look forward to listening to that. Yeah, so um, that, that could be fun. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I defo, yeah, I need to be in work that day. But, um, okay, so, um, yeah, uh, award season nearly at an end. And then in a couple of months' time, we got can. Yeah. Um, it just the circle continues spinning. Um, okay, what else have we got? I swear, uh, I swear there was some other stuff. Vin Diesel said that they're getting going on the Nate's Fast film, which it looks like will be the last one. Yeah, he's pretty he much been, confirmed um, it, it is the last one, hasn't he? Yeah, like that. he had said, oh, the studio asked me about maybe doing a trilogy just before uh, Fast X came out. Fast X then came out and did... Um, Okay, but kind like pretty disappointing. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, there we go. Fast X did did enough that it's not that it's very much not a flop, but uh, it's it also didn't do what they, it was probably three hundred million shy of what they hoped. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, quite. So. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, Fast X2, whatever that's going to be, uh, come in, you know, I don't know, probably be next year. Can you imagine, um, can you imagine that? that it, it would be so fast and furious to call it Fast X2, but stylize it as Fast XII and not realise that that's 12. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be beautiful. <laughs> just, just do it kind of like on purpose, yeah. just because it's funny. <laughs> There you go, Uncle Ben. You know what to do. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, There's probably other stuff, but I can't. Dennis Villeneuve hates words. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Um, Like... Yeah, so, you know, Denis Villeneuve promoting Dune 2 is basically trying to, like, pimp the whole go see it in the cinema because, like, see it big and all that. Saying that, you know, dialogue is television and theatre, the visuals is cinema. And, you know, I don't think, I don't go out of films uh, remembering quotes, I remember images. <laughs> and, I, 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 you know, if I. That's a very, very subjective position to take. It, it, it I, is. I, I, I think I will say it's one of those where you go. Do you know what? I, I, I see where you're coming from. It's bollocks, though, <laughs> because because people quote like fucking movies a lot, like, like or reference movies. I, I had a great one at work uh, the other day um, that. That wasn't by me, but it was over. Like, we have an internal Tannoy system, so it's a headset system. Um, and we have these things that sit behind the the tails that we call totes. That, um, like, when stuff's returned, it gets put in totes to take out. Somebody said on the headset, 
that goes out to pretty much everybody that's wearing a headset, so like 70% of the staff, put out... Um, uh, has, has anyone um, lost a tote behind the tills? Lost a tote means has anyone left theirs and gone away without taking it with them and has forgotten where they've left it? But it sounded like the guy said tote, not totes. So one of the other guys um, that was on the fitting rooms at the time called Louie said over the headset, wait, has it got nail polish on it? And the guy just went, what? No. What, what do you mean? Like, so it's not got nail polish on it? And he's like, no, he went, no, I'm not missing it to them. And everybody, like, like four or five people went, what? And then me and another two other people went, I got that, well played. <laughs> Nice. And it was it, it was a beautiful moment because nobody else got it apart from me and two other people. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, it, it's um, you know, a bit of like bullshittery that you you, and I, I don't know. It's such a shame because like you can see what he's trying to do. Like he's 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 trying to go like hey, cinemas about like the being immersed in stuff, but. I don't know. It's a bit throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. Um, if he was saying, you know, my films aren't about the dialogue, they're about the visuals, and that's why I see cinema to be, then fair enough. But, you know, we don't talk a lot about television here, but, you know, one of the things that people do say about TV is that it, it does often have great writing. Mm. You know, and it, it's... Uh, yeah, I... I, I I, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like it, it's denigrating where it's like, yeah, but, you know, nobody fucking asks you to throw television <laughs> under the bus. Yeah, it's like, you didn't need to say that. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, quite. It's, it, it, it's, it's just an odd one. It's just almost like the fucking, the, the mood board for Dune 2 was just, was just an explosion and somebody pointing and saying, don't you fucking say anything. Just... Yeah, I mean, look, I you know, having rewatched Dune Part One today, I, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to Dune for the fucking dialogue either, Denny. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but you know, that's pretty specific to my experience watching Dune Part One, not watching films in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, there's a film I'm going to talk about that I've, I have watched an awful lot in my life where it is literally the majority of it is a man talking. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Trying to think, has anything else come up uh, this week in the wonderful world of film? I don't think there is. Should we move on to some trailers? Uh, yes, that's... Right. What have we had? Um... There's been a few, haven't there? Um, so, uh, I saw the TV Glow um, trailer came out today. Oh, that's quite I, I, I haven't watched any of the Today ones. Um, just from been at work. Yeah. So, this is um, a, A24 doing their A24 thing. It's it's directed by the, uh, by the woman who directed... Um, we're all going to the World's Fair. Jane Showen Brown. Oh, I, I yeah. want to say her name is. Um, and yeah, I don't know, it looks it looks interesting. Um, lots of quotes from like IndieWire and Vanity Fair in the trailer. So um, it, it's one of those. <laughs> you mean the um, A24 speed dial? 
Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looks like it could be. It, it could be all right. It seems to be about like these people being obsessed with like a nineties TV show, um, and then like the lines start blurring between reality and that show or something. Um, looks pretty evocative. It's got a, a couple of interesting images in the trailer. Um, comes out in May in the US. I I want to say. Um, so we'll see when it when it hits over here. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I quite looks, like Justice Smith looks as well. Interesting. Yeah, Justice Smith's all right, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. It, it looks it looks all right, and I I've not seen we're all going to the World's Fair. Um, like I know Noel wasn't that big into it, and I think that's uh, kind of put me off slightly. So I think uh, Beck saw it and said it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. But uh, yeah, yeah. So there, we, there we are. Uh, okay, what else we got? Um. Did you just watch the trailer for Dogman? Uh, no, no, I didn't watch this. No, how is it? Um, I mean, like as it started, um, Bex just turned around to me and went, "I mean, you had me at Caleb Landry Jones." Um, which I, I kind of did respond and say, you might have lost me at Luke Besson, however. But uh, yeah, Caleb Landry-Jones, um, it, it it looks fucking bonkers, is what I will say. But I am up for Caleb Landry-Jones playing what looks like a transvestite, but not in a, that kind of way. It just looks it looks a bit mad, and I'm I'm kind of there for it. But... Okay. 99% of that is because it's Caleb Landry-Jones and he's just a really fucking interesting actor. <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, uh, we didn't talk about Borderlands last week, did we? I think, I it, ar- think. I think it arrived after we, the show. Yeah, that sounds right. I think it arrived um, on like Tuesday or something like that last week. Yeah, so Borderlands... Um, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of buying what it's selling. Um, it, it, I mean, it looks like watered down Mad Max. Yep. Um, but sure. I, I, I feel like if it's a twelve A, that that's a real warning sign. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it, it feels very much like Eli Roth. Trying to make what? Trying to make a movie that he thinks Robert Rodriguez should be making now, and I don't mean that as a negative, as negative as it sounds. Hmm. It's just, yeah, it's there's an awful lot of. Um, I'm watching it going, like the Jack Black thing looks like that's going to be funny. Um, Kate Blanchett looks like. She's going to make everybody have a crush on her, uh, even more than they already do. Um, Kevin Hart will be nowhere near as funny as he thinks he is. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis will just be a little bit annoying. <laughs> All valid points. Yeah, uh, yeah it's um, the production on this. Like, they shot, I swear they were shooting this in 2020. Um, and then they did reshoots, and Tim Miller did the reshoots, not Eli Roth. Um, Eli Roth directed Thanksgiving instead 
Because, you know, that's the thing. It's like Thanksgiving came out last year. Mm. He shot this before that. So it's been around for a bit. But I think August is a smart release for it. Uh, kind of like late summer. Yeah. It's... Maybe the only big thing out that weekend. So looking like, now, yeah. yeah. They, they started shooting it in, in 2021. Oh, it's the 2020. By the time it comes out, it'll have been shot three years ago. Yeah, there you go. So that's. um, I feel like there's some warning signs there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I hope it's 93 minutes long. That'll do. Yeah. That'll do. Uh, Yeah. Uh, What else have we got? Oh, sorry. I thought it muted. Sorry, sorry. What else have we got? Oh, uh, Boy Kills World. (laughs) Yeah. Again, this is a this is a why not? Yep, uh, I know Becky isn't here, but the, the, there was two films this week where she said, "Yep, that's just jumped to my uh, most anticipated movie of the year after Dune," <laughs> and this was the first one. Nice, it, yeah, yeah I, could, yeah, I could see why. I, I, I mean, having the inner voice be. Um, H. John Benjamin, um, so basically Archer. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's a fun. I like. I like that aspect of it actually. Because, um, like, yeah, Bill Skarsgård's basically not going to say anything in it. The whole thing. Yeah, that's the. That's that's the thing. That, yeah, I I, yeah. I I like the fact that Bill Skarsgård picks really fucking interesting roles. <laughs> mm. He he definitely seems like a guy who. He's he doesn't really he doesn't seem like he wants to be a star. He just wants to pick stuff that he thinks looks pretty fucking cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I um, very much like the look of this. The um, the, 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 there's a great bit in it where it's something like um, I mean, he was gonna die anyway, and the inner voice is like, I just don't think that's true. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's just, yeah, that 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 has potential. Again, if it's under ninety eight minutes, that has the potential to be fucking great. Yep, yep, for sure. Do you know what's not going to be ninety eight minutes? What Horizon, uh, yeah. an American saga. It's not going to be ninety eight minutes. Um. No, that thing is going to be really, 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 really long. Um, I yeah, Look, I'm not vibing with it, and I know you are, so yeah. I'm going to let you speak, because I don't want to be negative. Uh, it's, I mean, it's Kevin Costner doing a fucking, a big fucking Western, and bringing just a fucking stacked motherfucking cast <laughs> Um, along with him but I like the fact that he's bringing a stacked cast and he's also bringing along like just people that he likes working with so like Dale Dickey's in there Kathleen Quinlan's in there uh, Will Patton is of course in there um, yeah I, I, I the thing is I, I have a feeling this is either going to be very much look if you're into Kevin Costner and Westerns it will be your bag but it will be a little bit, um, I mean, not quite vegetables, but cold beans for everybody else. Um, whereas I will, I will fucking eat cans of that shit um, 
And like they say, this was the other one where Bex, and Bex is a bit of a Kevin Costner thing anyway, um, turned around at the end of this and went, yep, there we go. That is my most anticipated movie of the year. <laughs> and it's not even a movie. It's two fucking movies. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think he's pla- he's like saying that he'd do four parts if he can. Mm. And, uh, and, and let's let's wild. face it, Kevin Costner can. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, we'll see how this goes. But I don't know the thought of watching this for three hours twice. But do you know what? Do you know what would be, what would what would be really interesting with this? If it came out and they were each like pretty much bang on two hours, I don't think it's gonna yeah, be. I yeah. think they're gonna be like two and a half hours each. But if they came out and they were both, and he just did them as a tight, this is two hours, this is two hours fifteen minutes. The second one, that would be like, yeah. oh, all right, fair enough. This is just a two-parter, well played. But I do think they're gonna be two and a half hours and three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, have we got any more for trailers? I think that's it for me. That's it for me as well. Should we? Should we? Should we chat a film? Sure, sure. So, Ian, we we both watched. You rewatched the Marvels, didn't you? Because you saw it in cinemas, didn't you? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, this is going to be our kind of main review because we both watched it, and you know, it's. I've not watched it yet. Um, so yeah, so it's near the Costas, um, the Marvels, uh, which stars Brie Larson, um, Tiana Paris, Imani Valani, Zoe Ashton, um, Samuel Jackson's in there, and other people um, crop up. Um, now, I haven't watched any of the Marvel TV shows, um, so I haven't watched Ms. Marvel, and I haven't watched Loki. Is it the other ones in? I don't know. Uh, what, it's uh, One Division. One Division. I haven't watched that yeah. either. Um, so yeah. Um, so being honest, there were points of this where I was going, "I who are you?" <laughs> so yeah. this has been the most right. You you need to have watched or had some kind of. Um, ingestion of who these people are and I didn't so that was a little bit jarring especially as um, Kamala Khan um, it, it is she's, she's a, there's a lot of personality there is what I would say there's a lot of uh, inflections which I'm guessing have built in the series because for the first half of the movie I genuinely was hoping at one point that that uh, Captain Marvel was going to punch her into dust, but once it softened a little bit, I actually started to get on with it a little bit more. It, 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 yeah, that's an interesting one. Like the fact that you haven't seen Miss Marvel, so you don't. Yeah, like if you're then seeing her and like that bit at the start where it's kind of like the animated catching people up stuff I, yeah I could see that being quite like fucking hell just calm down I, I, girl. Was, I was alright with that it was the constantly screaming and being like ooh ah ooh ah and I was like will you shut up this is weird yeah. how how jarring this is to everything else um, 
I'll be honest, I enjoyed the Marvels. It's shit, but I wasn't bored at any point. Um, it's 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 weird because it's got a really good action set piece. Um, so you know the the fight where they they, they first are switching powers. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. good. In, really like the house and whatnot. Yeah, yeah it fun. is. However, I was watching, going, dude, that's a person's fucking house. <laughs> like they trashed that house. So I was getting mm. a little bit upset about that because it was a nice looking house. They, you know, they had a vibe in that house. You know, I feel like they 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 took a pride into it. Um, that was really good. But then there was other bits in it that I was watching, going, this is really bad. Like a choreography, and and the fact that Captain Marvel, um, her powers seem to shift, like how powerful she can be, like like really, like, like a lot, an awful lot. There's points where it's like she's having fights with henchmen, and then there's bits where she's literally just flying through fucking like planets. That's a, yeah, that's a. Fair point. I mean, I suppose it's kind of come on. (laughs) Yeah, like it would be. She's supposed to be like the most powerful entity in the in in like the Marvel universe. So the fact that she ends up having fist fights is odd. Yeah, it it, Um, it is odd. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I I thought that John Majors in Ant Man three had given us the worst villain in a Marvel movie. And then Zowie Ashton turned up. And I, I, I can't even really work out what was going on with her. Partially because I was distracted because she, she, she's got a real duck walk. You know, where the feet are just pointed too far out. <laughs> and it feels like, like the lower half of her legs are heavier than the upper half. So she's a bit of a clomper. And that was distracting me quite a lot. Um... But I've seen her in stuff, and she's quite good. But this is just not where her... She hasn't got the energy for this. Like, at all. It's... it's it, it, Yeah, it's this really weird low-energy performance where also they're trying to do the kind of, like, villain that you can have sympathy with their plight kind of yeah. thing. That, you know, they, they did with Killmonger. Um, so... You, you you've got her want like basically wanting to help the people of her planet, but screwing over like any other planet she can to do so. Mm. Um, but then that that's basically all all there is to it. Like I you I couldn't tell you what what like powers she had. I think she worked, she had one of those big hammer things. She had, she had a hammer that she could that she could harness the power of the magic fucking bracelet thing. Right, yeah, yeah, but that was it, yeah. Even the, oh, we, we switch places when we use our powers thing. It's a good, it's a good little fucking, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Except they use their powers loads without switching places. Yes, that I, I picked up on that this time round as well. I, There's some real inconsistency with that. And it was almost like going, right, so is it if you use it at a certain level? If There's, there's like a bar that goes up and it goes like you know like a rage bar in a game yeah <laughs> they yeah, hit their yeah, rage yeah. bar fucking hell shit we switch places again um, 
so I can maybe forgive it for that. Um, but for all its for all it, it, its its kind of failings, and it does calm down when it gets about halfway through. I think is Captain Marvel, in, in spite of the fact that Marvel seems to make, want to make her as unlikable as possible, uh, is actually quite. She's realizes quite good in it. She's quite. Uh, she's quite likable in it. Yeah. Um, and quite sweet in it. Um, I didn't mind the singing planet scene. I, I do get a feeling that a little bit like Marvel need to drop the fact that in every film now they have to go to a quirky planet thing. Um, but I didn't mind that. Um, although, if you're going to cast somebody on a singing planet, maybe have them sing in their native language so it doesn't sound so fucking weird on top of weird. <laughs> Uh, but and then you've got the uh, the memories bit with the cats eating people and the Tanoi saying let the whatever they are uh, eat you it'll be fine just going over and you watch it going there's, that's just fucking great there's that there's that moment where it's almost like a horror film or something where like if somebody's like running away <laughs> like turns a corner like kind of settles down. It's like, oh, thank God for that. And then just behind him, there's a cat. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that that moment. Like I I feel like that's near Da Costa putting a fingerprints on it in a film that doesn't have a lot of near Da Costa's fingerprints on it. That that's it. Like, this, just this, that, is, this is yeah. a, the bad points of this film were the ones done by... were, were, were the... Um, with a style bible and the... Um, and the focus group um, people. Yeah, they were the bad yeah. points. The near the Costa and the actors having a little bit of fun were the good points. Mm-hmm. It's... And what did you think about your second watch? Yeah, no, I, 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 I really quite like the Marvels. Um, you know, it's in terms of the Marvel films. <coughs> excuse me, Marvel films that are out last year. I think Guardians Volume Three is the the real success story of them all. Yeah, but I, I, I like it, and it's interesting. Like Donna afterwards was like, if that was three men in the lead, that would be a really, really popular Marvel film. If it was three, and I can't if it, argue with that. I would say if it was three men, in, if it was this film, it was three men in the leads, and it was five years ago. Probably, I still think now it won't. I just, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, mean, I, I think the the air has gone out of the Marvel. If it if it was like pre Endgame, yeah. If it was pre Endgame, yeah, absolutely. But I also think that if this film had come out pre Endgame itself, I think it'd have been really popular. I just think the air has gone I, out of the balloon. I wonder, yeah, I wonder, because, like, the critical reaction to this was really, really, like, really pretty bad. Like, not Ant-Man 3 levels, but very, oh, is that it? And I I think there's a case, there's kind of a case for that, because it's basically an hour and a half before credits, and it feels like it's been chopped up. It, it does, it feels like it's the minimum version of what it could be, and I... The the Monica Rambeau character, I think, really gets shit on with that. Um, 
you know, you've got that one scene where they the kind of they have that conversation. It's like just before like the final battle, they're on that planet and they're having a conversation, and that's kind of the only time that those two really talk to each other like properly. Where and it's not just about the the matter at hand and the the idea of Captain Marvel like basically hiding this this dark shit and then she's having to confront it and like you know there's that 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 moment where they're trying to save all those people on the planet and Miss Marvel's like trying to save them and, and and Captain Marvel's like you can't save them all it kind of feels like that is leading to something that isn't really developed like it, it just it feels like it's been chopped down to let's just have it in in and out like entertaining almost kind of one-off kind of thing sorry i'm just gonna blow my nose i'll just be a second i think that's also represented in the fact that you've got a you've got a mid credits but no post credits well yeah yeah, yeah. Is this, and also like the the trailer that came out like the week beforehand where they were just fucking desperate to get people in the cinema and it was like it was just clips from old Mar- like mcu films mm. and then this one was like this is the one that changes everything and it's like it's changed. Fuck all. Yeah. What what's it changed? It it's it, it's brought the X Men into the universe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah. Beast is in it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that, that's it. Then is it? That that that, that um, that's kind of it. And it, it but, it's but the, it's the thing is it it's it's not as good as uh, as Guardians three, but Guardians three has got. Two other movies, and the characters are involved in another what three other Marvel movies. So it's got an embedded um, kind of law within it. They're embedded characters. And I know um, Captain Marvel uh, has had a movie, but the Captain Marvel the movie was you know four years old by the time uh, this had come out, and there had been like. Another what five or six movies come out since? Probably more actually. Mm. Uh, and it was almost and, you know, and Brie Larson, you know, Captain Marvel was barely in Endgame, and and then you've got the TV things, which I, I think just cheapen it a little bit, and then it, it it doesn't. There's no. If if the Marvels had have happened before Endgame. Let's say you'd have had somebody else would have cropped up in it in some description. You'd have had, I don't know, a Thor would have cropped up in it, or um, Wanda, or somebody would have been in it in some fucking description, Doctor Strange, or somebody. But it isn't, it's just these guys, which is fine, but you know, Captain America cropped up in the Thor movies. And, you know, they, they crossed over. Now, it just, every single one of them feels like it is there to just, to keep the fire burning while they run away and get the fucking, the big fucking logs they need to get it roaring again. But they can't find them. <laughs> it's... yeah. There's an element of there's no matter how many times can fire come out and go. Do you know what we fucked up by having these TV shows and bits like that? It's like yeah, really you you got fucking greedy, motherfuckers. Uh, but you're now trying to jumpstart something that people have kind of started to lose interest in. Mm. 
I watched the... I've still not watched the second Black Panther movie because it's over two hours long. The reason why I watched the Marvels is twofold. One, it is under two hours by a distance. And two, I thought at some point Brie Larson's going to be wearing a white vest and I'm kind of cool with that. So that that's, that's what it is. It, it, it's... You've lost people. You, and you need to do something to get them back. And it feels like what they're going to try and do is they're going to hit a big button that says, Oscar winning Robert Downey Jr. Back as the voice of Iron Man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the, I think they're playing it smart this year. You know, you've got one actual MCU film, Deadpool and Wolverine. Um the stink of Madam Web and potentially Craven the Hunter, I feel like that will be not disconnected enough from the main MCU that that's not going to have an, an effect. Mm. And then, like I think, I think Fantastic Four will be big. That I, I, I think, it, but there are questions about Captain America: New World Order and um, Thunderbolts, like yeah. Thunderbolt, yeah, Thunderbolts, a bunch of B-list bad guys and anti-heroes do like in a Suicide Squad thing. Really? Yeah, it just yeah, feels a little Cap- bit like Captain America. Yeah, nobody's asking yeah, for it. I mean, Captain America: Brave yeah, New World. No. That's how what? That's just over a year away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it might be February. Yeah, February February fourteenth. Apparently, it's scheduled for. Which is, yeah, I don't know. The first Black Panther was a February release, yeah. so who knows? But yeah, um, yeah, we 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 shall see. I think it, it's good that there's only one this year, and it feels very much like a one-off. Um, and then, you know, let's see how things then pan out next year. They like as long as they just calm down on the TV shows as well. Like that will help. Yeah, that, that make make them events again. That, that's exactly it. The thing is, I there's a possibility I will probably watch the Marvels again. To be honest, because I enjoyed it enough, and it's it, it's very you know in, if we're using our food analogy, it, you know, it, it, there's no vegetables here. It is just a big bag. It's a bag of Tang Fastics. And yes, you know, yeah. I, I occasionally, I, I, I think it's quite nice to eat a bag of tang plastics. Fair. What What else have you been up to, Ian? Um, it's a little bit of breaking news Ooh, uh, to an extent. Uh, Paramount released about uh, announced a bunch of release dates, including for the Liam Neeson starring Naked Gun reboot. I forgot was happening. Holy fuck! I forgot that was happening as well. Oh man, that 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 could go one of two ways. <laughs> it's I mean, it's being directed by Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island, so I'm, I I I'm I'm quietly confident in that. Yeah, Liam Neeson as Frank Drebin <laughs> is very very good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know because you know obviously the great thing about Leslie Nielsen was like he like. What that character is doing, he doesn't think is funny in any way. Like he is. <laughs> no, his his deadpan know. was was just just unbelievably good. And Liam Neeson will be able to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, his his little fucking cameo in in Ted Two, I think, is 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 kind of indicative of that. <laughs> Yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, good. Um, okay, so... Um, what have I been up to? So, uh, yeah, uh, the aforementioned uh, season six of, of Drive to Survive. We w- we were on what we're up to, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, fucking my head is really gone. Um, so, yeah, sixth season of Drive to Survive. Um, watched it all over the course of 48 hours. Um <laughs> It's. I was wondering what they were going to do here because there was no drama in the championship whatsoever, and so they just ignore Max Verstappen completely. <laughs> uh, which, which you know, every now and then you get like the shot of him winning the race, and you know they talk a little bit about him winning the world title, but you know they very smartly look at other things, even though. It is interesting, and there is a little bit of a tang of were they told not to cover certain things with it. Um, So, you know, Red Bull, Max Verstappen dominant, Sergio Perez in the other car had a really, really mixed season. Came second in in, in, in the Drivers' Championship in the end, but only with a couple of races to go where if you compare that to Max Verstappen in the same car, like one with like <coughs> five or six races to go, could have won the Constructors' Championship by himself. So they don't really focus on the difficulties that Sergio Perez had, which was one of the big stories. And I do wonder whether that was Red Bull going, hey, if you want us to actually work with you, you're not going to talk about, you're not going to do things on, on Sergio. Um, just because it, it was, and you know, that he was under a lot of stress, and you know, it, it's like he, uh, the Mexican Grand Prix, his home race, there was a lot of pressure on him, and like people were talking about, like, if he doesn't pull off a result here, could he lose his seat? And then what does he do? The first lap, he guns it into the first corner and basically takes himself out, <laughs> and it, it, you know, and it's just it's interesting that there wasn't any of that um but they you know they they get they get some good stuff um in there though um talking about the the rise of Aston Martin who kind of came out of the uh, came out of the gate like running really fast at the start of the season but then they don't focus on the fact that they then like after the first five or six races don't really do much for the rest of the season um yeah there's I don't know there's just a bit this was the first season where I'd really been following Formula One and and then watching Drive to Survive it's like is that an accurate representation of what actually happened that season yeah kinda uh, and that's interesting actually yeah I suppose it is the first season where you've actively been like properly following it and and then watching it, yeah, oh, that's yeah, and it, it, and you know, like people in in the F one community have always been quite like with Drive to Survive, like literally they'll have somebody racing, there'll be a radio message, but it's not actually a radio message from that point in time, mm. but they've put it in there to build a narrative, 
and, and, and that's been called out like several times. Um, and it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It was almost like my eyes were actually opened up to, even though this is a sports documentary, there is an artificiality to it. Mm. Um, and it, you know, it does pull its punches, except for where it kind of feels like the teams have may- maybe said, no, that's okay. Like another, an example of that. So they had this new driver in uh, Red Bull's junior team, Alpha Tauri, this, this guy, Nick DeVries, who won like Formula E and I think he won like Formula 3. And he comes in and this is his first season. And um, basically they, they chucked him out about halfway through the season and um, got Daniel Ricciardo back. And Daniel Ricciardo like, basically went out of Formula 1 the previous season mm-hmm. and then he's back. But there's footage of Nick DeVries at the Monaco Grand Prix. And, oh God, what is it that he says? It's like he's, the, ra- the the person on the radio asks him to do something. And he's like, which button do I have to push for that? Oh. And it's like, if that, yeah. If that was a driver who was still in one of the teams, they wouldn't be showing that. They wouldn't be allowed to show that. They wouldn't get it signed off. But because he was shit canned anyway, they're like, yeah, fuck it. Like, throw him under the bus. And it was like, you never. It was the first time I remember in Drive to Survive there being an example of someone in the car basically demonstrating that they don't know what to do in the car. Yeah. Oh. Also, funnily enough, it's a guy who no longer races for that team and no longer races in F1. So they can kind and of be I'm a little bit, bit shitty towards him. Yeah, and I'm a little bit like... If I was him, I'd be fucking fuming. Because I bet there are other rookie drivers who have done the same, maybe even worse. Um, I mean, oh God, there was um, there was a Russian driver, Nikita Mazepin, who uh, the, the, the paddock nicknamed him Nikita Massive Spin. Because, he, like, because of how shit he was. You know, like, and it, it, they did, yeah, I don't know. There was just like a callousness there, which is associated with the Red Bull and Alpha Tauri teams anyway. Um, oh, fuck me. Uh, if United win tonight, it's going to be Liverpool United in the quarter final. If we win. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Liverpool playing tonight. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we right, play Southampton so. with our broken team. Oh, that's right. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Six, six of our st- seven, technically, technically, seven of our starting eleven are academy players tonight. Wow, that'd be a good game, that. Um, but a- anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The sheen slightly came off, but it's still, I still find it really compulsive viewing. And um, you know, the, 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 you know, there are storylines in it that are like a absolutely an accurate reflection of what what was happening um the daniel ricardo coming back in basically because he's in the junior team but he wants a red bull seat that, but, but again they focus on ricardo and they focus on like so ricardo came back for like two races then essentially broke some bones in his hand in a crash and then another rookie driver comes in who actually does well and scores points and then it's a bit like well it you know is he gonna get a drive next season is he not and again in the moment last year, it was like, 
no, Daniel Ricciardo's going to come back. Like, he's going to come back. In this, they really play up the, oh, well, they've got a decision to make and what's it going to be? And it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know. It's interesting. Like, like I say, the bloom came off the rose a little bit. Yeah. But I still ate up 10 episodes of it in two days. (laughs) Fair. So, you know. So there you go, try to survive. Uh, that'll probably be the last time I talk for me the one on the podcast for a bit because um, I, it, I'm pissed off. So there we are. Uh, just about the whole Bahrain thing. So, films. Uh, yeah, as I said, I've, I've been through quite a few. Um, so, um, rewatch Mission Impossible Rec- uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, yeah, it, it's not Fallout. What is? Um, it's an incredibly high watermark. Is Fallout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Sorry, I'm just gonna blow my nose. I think there's a, I think um, there's a genuine argument that you could make to state that Fallout might be up there in your top in the top three blockbuster action movies ever made. That's an interesting argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a five out of five banger. It is an exceptional film. Mm. Dead Reckoning is a very good action blockbuster. Yeah. Um, I think it's also maybe a little high on the smell of its own farts um, with with the, the, the whole kind of like the evils of AI and, you know, the... Uh, Macquarie lo- loves his... Um, a, 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 a just like deep dialogue, like really thick, juicy dialogue, yeah. and talking about that, like how um, the AI is going to like uh, mean that nobody can trust anything. It, it, it's, but then also it's represented by a big blue pulsing thing. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, it's yeah. I don't know. It's got it's got some wacky ideas, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how they retool it. Yeah. Um, because it's now you know, it's now no longer Dead Reckoning Part One. It's just Dead Reckoning. <laughs> even, yeah, even though you know the version on Sky Cinema still says Part One and still says weirdly before the credits um, run uh, uh, run end Part One. <laughs> it's like isn't isn't that not isn't that end of Part One? No, end Part One. Uh, okay, um, but yeah, also I mean it's just it, it is very long as well that film, um, and. They do Rebecca Ferguson so dirty, and I get it. I, you know, you get the sense because Rebecca Ferguson's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do all this action stuff. Thanks very much." I'm, you know, but just kind of like replacing her with a uh, younger, fresher-faced Haley Atwell when Tom Cruise isn't getting any fresher-faced. Mm. Um, don't, yeah, I don't know. It just seems a bit rude. Um, but yeah, look, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll see what part. The thing is. This one, if it wasn't for the Henry Cerny like thing at the uh, the like uh, kind of like uh, voiceover at the end, you could actually say, "All right, the end of it then is Ethan go like finds the submarine and destroys the cross key thing." Yeah, job done. You know, like you actually could fear. I mean, it, a little bit of a limp ending, but if the next one, they're just like, "Yeah, that was all resolved." 
you can kind of get away with it. Yeah, the opening, the opening could be literally him killing the, him dismantling the fucking the cross gate, and then work out how you write right. But who's the real bad guy behind this? <laughs> and then go from there. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, it, it's. I think it will be retooled for sure. I, but it's like, do they retool it, or is it literally they're they're not going to have it called part two, and they're just going to be a diff, like do, do it as a different film rather than a sequel to that? I, I, well, either that, or like you know, just kind of trick people into it's not a follow-up from that one that kind of like maybe people didn't quite like as much as everybody thought they were going to but then you get into it and it is a sequel to that one <laughs> yeah um, I mean I still think they fucked up with the release date uh, yeah week, week before Oppenheimer and Barbie were, uh, they yeah and uh, like you, you could sense that they knew that because it came out not the Friday it came out the Monday so like they gave themselves an extra four days and it was like because they knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They really did mess that up, didn't they? Mm. Um, but yeah, they, there you go. They're reckoning part one. I, I just, I, I actually don't know when I will watch this one again. And it's like Fallout. I could stick on, like pretty much any time. Yeah. This, this one. It's just the fact that it's two and a half hours long. You know. Yeah. yeah but also, like, so at the start, you've got the submarine bit. Which is cool because it's like the hunt for Red October, but other than that, it, it, it takes a while. And then you've got the bit in the desert, which is like five, ten minutes. That's like, right, so what did that add? And then you've got the bit where um, Carrie Elways and Henry Cerny and Rob Delaney and Mark Gatiss are in that room. And then that's like 10 minutes as well. And that, you know, it's like Harry always been being introduced to the concept of the IMF. And it's like, why is this in here? Like, are you actually trying to explain all of this stuff for uh, for people who are like new to the films, even though it's the, what, the seventh one? Yeah, Sixth, there is an element of that a little bit where it just... Yeah, seventh. It, it, it does seem a little bit like there's bits you could just pull out of it without affecting the film. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that bit with like the Deliveroo guy. And like he has to do like the code word thing with Tom Cruise and yeah, I yeah, I Less like focused. I say it's it's just it's got a lot of ideas and the success of Fallout I think led Macquarie and Cruise to go all right, we can indulge a bit here. And I, I, you know, I think people did negatively react to that because, yeah, man, like this is over two and a half hours, and you just don't need a lot of this. Yeah, you know, once past that stage, and they're in the airport, then you know it kind of starts flying from there. Yeah, but that opening twenty twenty five minutes, man, it, it's weirdly paced. Fallout works because it is; it feels so precise. Yeah, I mean you got that. You got that. Fan, I mean Fallout, the, the pre the pre titles bit is fantastic. Um, the whole kind of like faking the hospital room <laughs> thing, and the the wolf blitz and stuff. That, like, that's great fun. But then after that, it's you know bit on an airbase, and then he jumps. He does that fucking halo jump. Yep. You know, and and again we're off to the races. You got the bathroom fight. 
Um, you've got Vanessa Kirby, and and then you've got the the heist. like Ethan kind of having to pretend to be the bad guy stuff. Like that film really goes, and it's pretty much the same length as Dead Reckoning Part One. But I you would you wouldn't tell. No, it feels like it's twenty minutes shorter. Yeah, yeah. Which 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 ties up exactly to you saying the first twenty five minutes is a little bit of a slog. Yep, quite. Um, so there we are. Uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. Dune. I'm just going to talk about Dune Part One before Becky comes back and kills me. Um, <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's uh, one of the most boring four out of five blockbusters you'll ever see. Um but gets away with it because when it's not boring it's fucking incredible um it's got visuals for days just as Denny wants yeah it's got bagpipes um and okay. it, that you know, fucking de- tv dear absolutely um you know and it, it's got some really really good sequences it's also got an awful lot of portentous setup to stuff that you hope is paid off in the second one. And that last half hour where it's Ferguson and Chalamet wandering around the desert until they find the Fremen. And then that guy, that Fremen guy going, no, I want to fight him. I, I I think it's a bit of a limp ending. Um, but Apparently, Dune Part Two kind of proves that it really is just one massive film. Mm. So we'll we'll see how that bears out. I'm really looking forward to Part Two because everybody's saying, "Hey, even if you didn't like Part One, you're going to vibe with this." It's like it is a guerrilla warfare film. It is more kind of fully formed in that kind of way, and you know that that's great. But I don't get me wrong. I like Dune. I've seen I've seen it three times, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not nearly as in the tank as others are. So yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so I also watched uh, rewatched Scream Six. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I've been talking for quite a while. And I think it's doing things with my throat. Um, yeah. Look, it, it gone down a bit here. Um, I think the pre-titles is one of the best. The revelation of like the ghost face killing the woman and then pulling off the mask mm. and then it's like okay that's not, not even the real ghost face it's like a really really fun twist um because almost like that section almost kind of starts in a bit like what he's just gonna get her to wander down an alley and then stab her that's a bit really but then it you know it it, it kind of plays you with that mm. um but then you know, it's about two hours long. It's I think it's the longest screen film. It feels long. There's some decent set pieces in it, but also there's an awful lot of kind of like continuing on like Samantha's weird seeing Skeet Ulrich in the mirror and having conversations with him stuff, which is just what? Yeah, it's just it, it, bizarre. Um, and that, yeah, they've set themselves, they've absolutely fuck themselves over for the next one because nobody important dies. Mm. They're, they're just all still there, despite the fact that the stabs are probably the most stabby stabs of any of these films. And, you know, no one dies. It feels like they shot it so uh, like a lot of the deaths could have been either way. And they just go, yeah, we'll have everyone uh, live in this one. 
Um, and now, Melissa Barrera is not coming back. General Ortega's not coming back. So what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to have the two twins? No. You're going to pay Nave Campbell a shitload of money. Courtney Cox a shitload of money. You're going to have those two and Nave Campbell's kids. And Stu. Stu's going to be back. It would be interesting if Stu's back, but it's like he's rehabilitated or something. No, I want I, I, I want him back, but it'd be like full blown, like the killer. <laughs> but like, just really obvious. Like he, he doesn't even put on the ghost face mask. He just wears like a ghost face t shirt or something like that. <laughs> that you see that that. But I mean, in all seriousness, that would be something different. Yeah, and it's just you know, it's really easy, brazen. Yeah, it's really easy when they say, "Well, you know, everyone said we were dead," and then just like one of the like, the, the police officers says, "Look for your safety." Um, and for your mental safety, you know, we we just we told you he was dead, even though he was just in a maximum security prison. There you go. Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, quite. So look, we'll see what happens with that. That that film was in all sorts of development hell. We're not going to be seeing it for a while, no. which is kind of a surprise, really, considering that Scream Six literally came out a year after Scream Five. And I know, obviously, there was some pandemic-related delays, but still. Um, okay, and then I, um, didn't talk about, did I talk about Predator last week? Yes, you did. Okay, I did, cool. Um, didn't talk about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You didn't. No, okay. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, kind of like a Spielberg that people don't really talk about. Sorry, just going to blow my nose again. Um, and... Yeah, in a way, I see why. Um, it it's just this odd film mm. that kind of like mixes the wonder of and the and horror of there being extraterrestrial life, like the the sequence where um, the kid uh, who I, I love that he's called Barry, and it's just like <laughs> the the woman shouting Barry loads. But like when when he gets taken, that that sequence is it like is a horror movie sequence. Yeah. For for a few minutes, it's it's ace. Um, but, but you know, and it it kind of mixes that and the wonder. But then you've also got Richard Dreyfus just playing a guy who like goes mad, leaves his leaves his family, and fucks off to space. Like, which I know Spielberg has said, like you know, if he if he made it as an older man, he wouldn't he wouldn't have done that. But it, it's. There's some but, weird. But that's angry it. It wouldn't have energy. been. It wouldn't have been as good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know because it, it's. This is where you and I differ. I, I feel, but I just. He, he got like I get that his wife, like, but like, based like, is the one who leaves, you know, but. Man, he didn't help himself, and he was already kind of a dick to his family before that, that as well. That's it. It, it. It's the imperfectness of the characters that make that film more interesting. If it, if if they were, if he was just a real good dad, and uh, you know, it was just he was taking his son along for the ride to see these aliens and something like that, it would just be like this is just a bit wanky. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Whereas the, the, the imperfections of it are the fact that it is just a... It, the guy is imperfect. That's what makes that film more interesting. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it just it undercuts it for me in the, in the wrong way against the wonder, but you know, it's subjective. Um, but yeah, like I, I, it, it's a really, really good. It's a really good film. It's got some great standout moments. So like the the the, the ships communicating at the end, and uh, like the kind of like when they open the doors and the reveal of all those people who had been taken and stuff. It's great. Um, and like the the alien designs feel like they they were very influential post this as well, um, and yeah, like that that's the the wonder mixed with the horror of it of the situation is is very very well done. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. The main narr- the narrative for us doesn't quite do it for me. But hey, um, okay, so uh, I'm getting there. Um, so I watched all the Men in Black films. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, why not? I love the fact that you, um, you had a Men in Black day yesterday. Yeah, so I, I like Donna and I watched Men in Black on Sunday, and then like I was just ill yesterday, and just like fuck, I just need to stare at something really low effort, and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll I'll watch these. Uh, so Men in Black. Like still bangs. Mm. Uh that that like Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible. <laughs> uh so, so good. The way that every time Edgar is in it, the makeup makes it look more and more like like the skin's rotting or just, like just like falling out of place or something. It's ace. Um but Tommy Lee Jones is like really keyed in as well. Mm. Like, he's not just taciturn and stoic. Like, he's a bit of a dick at times. And, you know, like, he he smiles and he laughs at, at, at points, you know. And it's it's not like the Tommy Lee Jones you, you expect. And, I mean, Will Smith is ace. Like, that, that bit where they're in the test room and it's just the extended bit where he's pulling the table closer to him. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It, it's just such a... It's fun low-key bit of comedy it, it, it's will smith doing physical doing like the action bits that he kind of he likes doing and the cool bits mixed in with the the physical comedy and yeah he's cool but he will absolutely send himself up bits that he's really fucking good at yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah, Men in Black, great. Um, kind of gets in and out as well. I think it's about an hour and a half, mm. and yeah, uh, Men in Black Two. It's about seventy nine minutes before credits. This one, yeah. um, it's not horrible, but it was also uh, apparently affected by nine eleven. Like basically, the third act was supposed to take place at the World Trade Center, and they had to abort. And yeah, like the third act doesn't doesn't feel great. Lara Flynn Boyle. Um, oh, sorry, I'm just gonna speak. Oh, God's sake. Sorry, I'm just going to try and sneeze. Yeah, Lara Flynn Boyle as the, as the bad guy. She's all right. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville's kind of annoying. Um, and just the whole fact that it's like, well, he got new, like, Jay, uh, Jay got new, and uh, Kay got neuralized at the start, of, uh, at the end of the last one. Now they need to de-neuralize him. Oh, Okay, and then it's just like back to it. Kind of loses that that pathos from the end of the first one. But they, 
I'll be honest, like maybe it was because I was like tired and ill, but I I didn't hate my time with it. Like there's an expanded role for Frank the Pug, no. and that's always good. Me and Bexbury watched these like I think during during weirdly during like the COVID lockdown times we rewatched them all. Um and actually with the exception of one, I enjoyed them all. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, I don't mean, the, I don't the worm guys are back really in it, and that's fun. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a good time. Men in Black Three, it's brought, it's broader in its humour, um, but it's also got Bill Hader as Andy Warhol, where <laughs> you think the whole, you think the whole thing is that Andy Warhol's an alien, and it's not. It's Bill Hader is actually a Men in Black agent in disguise. <laughs> who is baffled by the fact that his art is really lazy, but it's really popular. Uh, That's so funny. Yeah. Isn't there a bit where he goes, I'm having a draw draw soup. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's just the the way that he just can't be arsed. So he's like, he just draws a can of soup and then that turns out to be really popular. and, And just the way he's like, get me out of it. I mean, his last line is, I think it's like, you need, you have to get me out of here, I can't tell the women from the men. But, you know, it's maybe not aged very well, but I don't know, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the... I, I, I just remember him, doesn't he tell Yoko Ono that he can't come and see him because he's filming a man eating a cheeseburger? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, but like he has to put on the Andy Warhol voice because like when he's talking to them, he's just talking like Bill Hader, and then it, 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 it's it's it, yeah, that's good, and that's the thing. It's like the, the supporting cast are kind of like dialed in. Like Jermaine Clements, like really really good as well, actually. Um, and he's got to play a dual role at times, and I, I, I thought he was decent. Um, and the yeah, I don't know, the time travel aspect actually uh, worked all right, and also Josh Brolin is. Incredible! It's absolutely spot on, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, physically, the voice—you—you you would think they de-aged Tommy Lee Jones. It's really, really impressive. Um, you know, but like I say, it is broader. There's less of the visual invention. Um, you know, uh, Rip Torn's gone, uh, and uh, it's uh, Emma Thompson, I think. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and that's a shame. But uh, you know, hey. Um, Sorry, forgive me. I just need to try and find some tissues. Um, so I'm going to shout. And then we get to Men in Black International. <laughs> um, directed by uh, Fuck Gary Gray. <laughs> sorry. Oh, God, sorry, folks. It must be horrible to listen to. Um, and, uh, yeah, Men in Black International is uh, bad. Um, yeah. Okay, so now... We're not really gonna have like any visual invention. The oh, excuse me. The London office is just gonna be MIB agents. There's not gonna be any alien like aliens walking about in there like it's passport control. Okay, that's a shame. Um, Tessa Thompson's just gonna play someone whose arc is uh, I didn't get neuralized, so I know there are men in black. I wanna work out like find out the secrets of the universe. By joining the men in black. She joins 25 minutes in. Uh, arc done. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, she, 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 you know, just, Chris Hemsworth. She, she plays just 
low fucking like just low effort. That's it. It, it, it feels like all Tessa Thompson has is I, I should get this because I'm Tessa Thompson. Little bit, yeah, yeah, and 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 Chris Hemsworth. It's just like Chris Hemsworth is cool and charming. Yeah, sure, okay. There we are for two hours. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels really misjudged. Um, they, they, you know, they, the plot of it, I, I watched it yesterday. I couldn't tell you what the plot was other than, uh, spoiler alert, Liam Neeson turns out to be the bad guy. Shocking. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just, it feels very paint by numbers for a franchise that allows you to do some really wild shit if you want to. Uh, like, Men in Black 2 has got this thing where it's like, they need to get some information at one point. They just open up a locker in a train station, and there's just this civilization in the locker. Yeah. Um, and, and they, they, um, and, yeah, they like, bow down to Kay because he uh, had, he gave them the sacred timepiece. It's just a watch <laughs> that they all bow down to. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the, the end of the first one where it's like, it turns out that our galaxy is just like inner marble being played with by aliens and stuff. You know, that that fun kind of stuff. There's none of that in this. It's just, it's just an action. It's just an action film, but one with meh staged action sequences. But the sequence with Rebecca Ferguson's quite fun. Yes, because it's got Rebecca Ferguson. So, yeah, and and she's up for it. You know, she's she's dialed in, so that's good. Um, and lastly. I watched another fuck Gary Gray film. First time since the cinema for law-abiding citizen. <laughs> he's gonna kill everyone. He's he's gonna kill everyone. Everyone. Um, like, and he's gonna get bollocked at one point. Oh, it's a dark old film. This <laughs> it's he gets out of a, he breaks out of prison by literally just removing the toilet. And they're just fucking walking out of a corridor. But I mean, it like that—that's great though. The it's whole kind of like who's brilliant. working with him on the on the outside kind of thing. It's like, yeah, no one. It's just him. Yep. It, it's uh, I mean that that that's that's great. Um, <laughs> just uh, every like there there are basically no really good guys in this, nope. and like. Maybe the only one is Leslie Bibb and she just gets blown up. Um, it It's just this like really depressing, nihilistic view of society. Um, and like, yeah, in the end, nobody really wins. Like Jamie Foxx, like basically everyone he works with has been murdered. And um, Gerard Butler, you know, trying to like, he kind of gets vigilante justice against the people who killed his wife and his kid. But he just goes up in flames in this like weirdly beautiful slow motion flames engulfing him shot. Yep. It, like it, it's just this angry, it's, it's a vicious <laughs> little film. It's really odd. It is. It, but it, it, I get you. I really quite like it, but in a sense yeah. of the fact that it's just bleak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like the whole kind of twisty turny nature of it's pretty like pretty good as well. You know, it is absolute horse shit what the twist actually is. Mm. Um but yeah, I, 
just the, you know, the way that he's just this ordinary guy. It actually turns out that no, he's not. No, he's he's not. like a lethal guy who makes assassin traps. Yeah. Like, he's just <laughs> what? He's, he's just an engineer. Yeah, forty minutes later, other assassin traps. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> it's great. It's just it's very. It's silly, but also really bleak. Yep. And somehow that combo does actually work. Yeah. Law Abiding Citizen. Don't don't hate it by any means. Um, and like you say, he's going to kill everyone. Yep. <laughs> Which is a quote, Becky, that doesn't it? That comes out in our house quite a lot, doesn't oh, it? So often. For yeah. some reason. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> How was your day? I'm going to um, everyone. What? Everyone? Everyone. Full Gerard Butler? Full Gerard Butler. <laughs> Nice. That's me. I'm going to mute and apologies for the uh, nose blowing that I've done on occasion so far this episode. I'm going to mute now. Over to you guys. Becky, what have you been watching? On, my, on my own. On your lonesome, yeah. Not a lot. Well, that's fine. Um, okay, so... I've not got a lot that I've watched on my lonesome. Right, on my own, I have watched... Well, I've watched a couple and a funny rewatch. Um, so I, I watched The Dirt... All right, the Motley Crue biopic. Yeah. Do you know what? I think it's probably... I, I really enjoyed The Dirt when we first watched it, and but then haven't revisited it, because yeah. you've not really been fussed about re-watching it, have you? So I watched it when you were on a late, and I was waiting for you to finish. I think it's probably one of those films where if you're a Motley Crue fan, you probably hate it. It's probably inaccurate as fuck. But if you're not, it's really good fun. And you just watch it as a, a film about a an imaginary band. Yeah. About that t-shirt band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I, I, for days afterwards I had that Hot Tub Time Machine song that I can't now remember the name of stuck in my <laughs> head and wanted to watch Hot Tub Time Machine, but didn't because we are not in a hot tub. No. So, um, yeah, so I watched The Dirt. I also re-watched, actually all of mine were re-watches, uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh yeah, the the Lucky Stanfield Horses Head movie. The Horsey Head movie, the Equisapiens. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Right. I, I really like Sorry to Bother You. I can see why people would really hate it. I feel like it's one that you either by the time shit gets weird, you're in and you're fine with it. Or or not. Or really not. I think if, if you're not in the bag by the time the, the horsemen turn up, it's probably going to lose you forever. I remember I enjoyed it, thought it was bobbins, and nowhere near as good as people were telling me it was. I think it's a good... The thing is, I don't think the story is particularly sophisticatedly mapped. I think he's shown what he wants to show and he's said what he wants to say, but it's quite abstract. Mm. Um but I, I I think it is quite an interesting kind of little comment on like capitalism and stuff like that. I do I do think it is quite interesting and gentrification obviously is in there as well. But it's try I think it's trying to say too much in one film. Yeah. Um, it is one of the less annoying Tessa Thompson performances for me. Disagree. I think she's she's less annoying in this than she is in say some other stuff. Um turns up at the end of a film that we watched together, didn't she? And she's just like, 
what you you you, you somehow managed to be almost the worst thing in a really shit movie and you were only there for 30 seconds um but we'll get to that no i've already done it oh you've already done it yeah marvels is shit disagree with you it's fucking shit it's not it's badly written it's like a fucking kids saturday morning tv show it's shit kamala khan really annoying for the first half third of the movie being in red quite late. Why are you both fucking idiots? Um, but I, I, I really do because I, I saw something commenting on this, um, some article about this uh, earlier, about what the, the problem with the MCU and specifically Captain Marvel, and a lot of people were just commenting that it, a lot of it's just Brie Larson. She's got a real air of I'm better than you and my shit don't stink in everything she does. And you probably like that because she seems like a real bitch. But I, I just, I think she's, if you're going to be a fucking Marvel superstar, you've got to buy into it. You can't think you're above it and act all like Brie Larson about it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so... so I also right, we'll get we'll get the ones that I enjoyed out of the way. I, I also rewatched Wonka. Yes, you did. Wonka's fucking lovely. It's like a hug in a film, and it's pretty because it's Timothy Chalamet. Um, it is it is just so it's it's such nostalgia bait. So I can see why if you don't like the Gene Wilder movie, you maybe won't get as much out of it. But if you do, there's so many bits that it's like that fucking Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Do you know? Do you know what I am really liking about the the current like the the June um, press tour mm. at the moment? I get the feeling like what's happening to Timothy Charlemagne is he's getting brought down to earth a little bit because he's having to stand next to Austin Butler and go, right? I am no longer the sexiest thing in this fucking room. <laughs> This is weird for me. I'm used to being the sexiest thing in every fucking room, and then this fucking thing's turned up. Yeah, yeah. There is there's a shot of all of them together. I was looking, going, that is a sexy group of people, and Austin Butler, who is just on a fucking another fucking level in it. You look, going, he's not real. (laughs) I feel like that about Zendaya though. I don't think Zendaya's real. I think she was made in a factory. Right, she she might have been, but that fact she went, that's good, but have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the XY model we made? Yeah. Um, it is it is bonkers that she's going out with Tom Holland. Like, don't get me wrong, Tom Holland, good looking dude, I'm sure he's charming. Zendaya, I, you know... I don't know. That's like a five and a ten. I mean, that is one way to guarantee you're just never going to get cheated on, though. It it, looked like Zendaya and Date Down. It is, but like, I get the Mm. feeling like Tom Holland there is like when he's when his mate saying saying, "Are you bothered like that she like fucking like that she's constantly hanging out with Charlemagne?" He's like, "No, I'm not bothered." It's like, like, "All right, are you bothered that he's hanging out with Austin Butler?" He's like, "Yes, really fucking bothered." (laughs) Yeah, but he's with Kaya Gerber, isn't he? I don't know who that is. It's Cindy Crawford's daughter. Still don't know. I know who Cindy Crawford is. Don't know. Lost me at dot. Kylie Gerber. What? Oh shit! Yeah. Kylie wow. Gerber. Okay. Kaya Gerber. Fucking hell! That's a hot couple. That fair play. Gerber. Gerber. Yes. Gerber. G e r b e r. 
That's how I look. I mean, I think he's probably. Oh, fine. good. Nah, she's punching a little good bit. Good for both of them. Oh, come on. Oh, that's yeah, a she's a hot couple of people. Oh, they're a hot couple of people, but if you were to say. If you were to say, look, you're going to be involved in this, I'd be going, all right, but can she fuck off? <laughs> I don't know. It's not Tom Holland and Zendaya levels of punching. No, it's not, it's not It's not. that level. No. I was telling Mark about the, the the internet's collective panties melted the other day when Austin Butler wore white eyeliner to a premiere. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was amusing. Um, yeah, I, I think what I really, really enjoy about Wonka, just to take you back to that for a second... Um, Chalamet's there. He's like right in it. He's not like I'm. I'm Timothy Chalamet. I'm a very serious man. No, he's Timoth- just in that. He's so invested. Timothy and- Chalamet. Yeah, he, he he is very up. He's not. He's not. I will do anything that makes me look a bit silly. silly. Yeah. He's very much. I will do shit that makes me look fucking silly. It's just. He's lovely. a laugh. Yeah. It's just. It's just lovely. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely. Lovely film. Timothy Chalamet seems like he'd be a great afternoon pint. Maybe not a great nighttime pint, but a great afternoon pint. Why not a nighttime pint? I just don't think he'd be a great night because he's got to go to bed. Yeah, he'd have three pints and be like, "That's it, I never go more than three. And you'd be like, "They're going all right, oh, he'd cut fucking off." And then do you know what would happen? Austin Butler would come over and go, "Austin Butler, I've got more Sorry, yeah, you'd be like, Good. This is going to be a fucking great night. And I am at some point going to tell you how much of an erection I have right now. He'd come over with his, with his Elvis voice and his glass of like, like hard whiskey. Yeah. 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 I just, I really, I just, and I know it's stupid. I just really wish he wasn't dating Kylie Jenner. It really upsets me. <laughs> it makes me not respect him as much. It, does it give you the ick? It really does. Yeah. Like I look at him with his pointy face and his floppy hair and he's like, and he's just, he's a, he's a lovely looking guy and he seems like a nice guy. And then he's dating a, a Kardashian and it's like, what? What do you talk about? Can I ask you the next question then? Go on. What was the other movie you watched, Becky? So I rewatched Cats. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. How did that go? Oh, well. <laughs> that opening 10 minutes of Cats is like where it's just really discordant music and like people cats prowling around you imagine the terror the universal execs must have felt what? watching that yeah, it's it, it is the literal embodiment of the oh, i've made a huge mistake i don't understand how it got a completed and b released the only thing i can think is that when when people were watching the dailies and saying this looks shit there was a lot of yeah, but it'll be fixed in post. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can think of. And then it just never got fixed in post. Yeah, literally to the point of where, like, when it got released, they fixed it after, like, what, three or four days of it been yeah, out? Yeah. To fix the, the weird hand thing. Oh, God, yeah, they patched it, yeah. didn't they? <laughs> imagine, imagine patching a movie that's out. <laughs> I did. The, 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 the one thing that is good about cats that I'd forgotten until I was reading the IMDb trivia about it was the, all the furor online about release the butthole cut. I've forgotten all about that. 
That was great. <laughs> what a time to be yeah, alive. That was good. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I personally hate Judy Dench. And I don't like to see her in things. And I'm glad that she was in this piece of shit. I know not everyone hates Judy Dench. So you've got Ian McKellen. Ian fucking McKellen. And Judy Dench. Veteran, well-respected actors in this fucking piece of shit. It is shit. Like, just like on a purely technical level. Like It's still shit. <laughs> the scales, the scaling of everything is just wrong like wrong sometimes the cats are like like based on like context of things that are around them sometimes they're like the size of a fucking tennis ball sometimes they're like the size of a small dog the mice appear to be about the size of a cat's fucking toe i mean i i do the the one thing i think that that has come out of it that is good is it, it's very possible that Tom Hooper will never direct another movie. I really fucking hope not. Because he's not... I mean, look at what he's fucking made. What a pile of shit. And also, he does look like someone's tried to draw David Cameron from memory. <laughs> yeah, he does. That's really good. Rebel Wilson, fucking awful in it. James Corden, obviously, fucking I, I literally forgot Rebel Wilson existed as a person until you just said her name then. And I was like, Who? I recognise that name, but who? And then I remembered, yeah. I do wonder if this, like, watching herself back in this was what made her go, I need to lose some fucking weight. Because they, it is not flattering to her. Like, there are ways to be flattering to bigger bodies. This is not it. Mm. It's, it's, it's just, it's like they've gone out of their way to make her look worse than she actually did. Um, yeah, James Corden. <laughs> His song in it's quite good, though. Like... It is it, that is one of the good pieces of it, but I just I really dislike James Corden. Um, who else? Oh God, I'd forgotten I'd forgotten all about Idris Elba disappearing into a cloud of smoke and just going Bacardi. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Um, Taylor Swift putting. On... I like I like I like Ray Winstone is oh, like that one that's just yeah. on that tugboat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Taylor Swift doing that weird accent that she does as part of her song when she goes, McCavity wasn't there. And it's just like, what, what is that voice, Taylor? What, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, fuck. I think I need to watch Cats again. And you don't. <laughs> I really would not waste your time. Like, I watched it to see if maybe we were just a bit unsympathetic and, like, like mean girls about it and it actually wasn't that bad. And it is, it is that bad. horrible. Horrible. <laughs> like, I came out of it and... and I felt like I wanted to go and be sick. Like, the amount of times... like, I mean, And I know they're trying to emulate cat behaviour, but come on. You don't need to just be walking past each other, rubbing your fucking faces against each other's shoulders and each other's noses and shit like that. That's weird. The thing is, if, if, if the movie Cats didn't exist, right, and you explained it to somebody, like, you were the only person that remembered that Cats exist, the film... And you were to explain it to somebody, they would go, "That is that that could never exist." And the weird thing is, it fucking does. See, I'd like to see. Do you remember when Jennifer Hudson does Memory and she's got like snot and yeah. stuff all like? Yeah. Uh, like it's oh, good times. I, what I love about that is she's Jennifer Hudson well. is a, is a, a, a bad person. 
she's an unpleasant person. Okay. Right? And she definitely thought she was winning Academy Awards for that. Yeah. And then it just fucking... It, it got laughed out of town. Like, I... Everybody should feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Ian McKellen does well with his bit. I think the uh everyone should feel bad. The railway cat dance song section bit is 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 fun because it's tap dance and I like tap dancing. Clickety clackety bullshit. It's fun. Makes a good noise. I never want to hear the word jellical ever again in my life. It's horrible. It's 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 horrible. And the lead girl in it playing fucking Snowball or whatever her character's called. Victoria. She's so fucking earnest. And I hate it. Is that the one that was introducing and then literally... That never done anything again. She's a prima ballerina with, with some ballet. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm sure she's fine. Like, just randomly making her toes bleed but um yeah um, I'm sure she's fine but has no toenails yeah yeah uh, I, I love cats I wanted to drown all of these cats in a barrel <laughs> what have we watched together <laughs> so we watched what did we watch here Becky the commentary for cats yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, because I reckon that fucking... What is it, Tom Hooper? Yeah. I reckon he's probably really fucking smug on it and thinks he's done something good. I want to hear a commentary of him like rewatching it now and just going, what the fuck was I thinking? This has ruined my career. It has ruined so many people. How Taylor Swift has come out of this unscathed, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> she's all... Uh, basically, because COVID was a conspiracy by the cast and crew of Cats... <laughs> Uh, Tom Hooper went to Wuhan, fucked a bat, and that's how COVID started to deflect attention. Fair. Fair. It worked. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And it is so hard to find as well. Like, they have hidden that shit deep. They have, yeah. <laughs> Real, Real deep. Real deep. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we watched um, Airheads. Because I've been banging on about watching Airheads. Yep. You. <laughs> Yeah. Not me. We didn't do a Paulie Shaw movie this week. No, we we are a little bit into In the Army now, but we haven't quite managed to finish it, have we? No. Just one thing very quickly. Cats is a you. Yes, it shouldn't be. How'd that happen? It should be a 15. <laughs> I think it should be an 18 for potential trauma. <laughs> and it should be, it should be just... condemned by like any hum- animal humane society people. For, for the potential the, 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 bad feeling it will cause towards real life cats. The, the description of it on Apple TV. A tribe of cats must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavy side layer and come back to a new life. If you didn't know what cats was, you just read that description and go, I have 50 questions. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them will be answered. I might watch Cats again. I, I would I would go for it if you want to give it another go. I would strongly recommend against it. It is not... Oh, I forgot that Jason Derulo was in oh, it. Oh, yeah, he's... Milk! <laughs> <laughs> he's quite funny, isn't it? 
to be fair. Sorry, I'll stop now. Oh dear, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, airheads. Yep. I like airheads. It's fun. It's a. It's without question. It's just a. It's very much a snapshot of the time, uh, but it's a fun film. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's really good fun, and I think I mean, like you say, it's, it's very of its time. Um, you know, bands were a thing that kids did back in the nineties. Not only that, you had things like, um, like releasing a record was a thing. It, which yeah. is coming back now. Yeah, yeah. But um, like the whole record deal, bit it it, it 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 feels it feels like a good it feels like a good kind of almost like period piece now. Yes, and it's silly. It is real silly, but it's fun, and I think like all three of the main guys are really really good in it. Like it's they're they're very well rounded performances still. Yeah, like and you've got it's Adam Sandler in it. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I, I, I knew the person. I, I didn't know whether I was connecting the right name to it. Um, and, like, it's real weird seeing him that young. <laughs> That's fun. And Brent, Brendan Fraser just being hot in it. I miss hot Brendan Fraser. We all do. Hmm? We all do. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't love this one. Yeah, we watched John Q, didn't we? We did. Yeah, the the Denzel Washington film everybody's forgotten about. <laughs> um, which is basically just them telling off the, um, essentially the healthcare system of America. Yeah, yeah. Where a guy takes a, a hospital hostage <laughs> yeah. uh, until his son gets an operation that he'll need because the insurance won't pay out yeah. on the specific one he's got. Yeah, and he earns too much to get Medicare. Yeah, you know, he's got healthcare, so he can't get Medicare. But his healthcare because he's got healthcare because because the healthcare that he's got will cover the operation, but the healthcare policy that he now has because they change providers won't cover it. Yeah. So in theory, he has it covered, but the healthcare company won't, and it's just it's basically it's Nick Cassavetes going. I'm going to tell off the uh, American healthcare system, but here's <laughs> Denzel Washington taking a. Mm. Hospital hostage. Mm. And Hesh is a bitch, innit? Yeah, but then they kind She's of went halfway through to uh, yeah. try to change her character and then just get bored. She's quite good at being a bitch, though. She was, I, yes. I do... Oh, gosh, yeah. I do find it quite sad that James Woods is James Woods because he's a very good actor. He's a very good actor, but the problem is, is he it's is he is now just cocaine's James Woods. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, real real good watch. Uh... And we also rewatched Pump Up the Volume, didn't we? Yeah, we revisit it. Fucking yeah, on, Denny's on film. You would fucking hate this movie. Why? Why? Because it's just because he doesn't believe that talking should exist in movies. No one comes to movies for talking. Have I missed something? <laughs> yeah, Denny's film. You's basically come out and said that he doesn't think that dialogue is important in movies. It's visual. That dialogue is for uh, theatre and TV. Well, Mark Hunter doesn't believe that. No. He talks hard. He talks hard. Fucking great movie. Fucking love Pump Up the Volume. Yeah, it is fucking brilliant. It's genuinely... It, for a movie that is what it's about, it actually... It manages to kind of capture at points the... Do you know what? The whole... 
oh, these are the best years of your life. When you're living them, they're not. No. Stop being a fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think as adults it's easy to think that kids have got it easy and being a kid's really fucking hard and working mm. out who you are um, and your place in things. And, and, and really, as awful as it sounds, accepting that you're probably not going to do anything that special. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a... Every time I watch it, I keep thinking, is it going? To, is this going to be the time where I watch it and it's going to have aged badly? Mm. And it hasn't, actually. No, no, it hasn't. No. Um, what was he you said he's going to be in? Christian Slater. He's going to be in the new Spiderwick Chronicles. Oh, I fucking love Spiderwick. Um, so we've also watched a couple of TV things, haven't we? Yeah. So we've started watching the TED TV show, haven't we? Yeah. What are you thinking so far? Like four episodes in out with X. It's fine. If you, if you didn't want to watch it, I wouldn't carry on rewatching it. If it was just me, I wouldn't have even started watching it. It's it's very very silly. Yeah. It's very very stupid. I, mean, I know that kind of goes without saying that the TED TV show is very stupid. I actually think the kid in it playing young Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Is really good though. Yeah. It's it's Ted himself that I'm not. And I, but I never have been particularly enamoured with Ted. No, but I, I it's just, it, it's silliness and it's, it's mild offensiveness I find amusing. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah. Um, There's only like eight episodes, isn't there? Yeah, so far. Um, and we also, we watched all of this, haven't we? We have so We've been watching yeah. it for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've watched all of this, so we've watched the the, the now just like fucking ends and hasn't made another series yet yeah. um, for three years. Uh, Lord of Milk. Is it cancelled or is it just? No, it's just in hiatus. Right. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who's not familiar with Lord of Milk, um... stars Mark. <laughs> it's it's about it stars Ron Livingston as Sam Lord of Milk a Recovering alcoholic, uh, yeah, ex movie, uh, music critic, mm-hmm. uh, who is now essentially working a. He runs support groups, doesn't he? And he works a minimum wage job, and just is kind of a little bit moody. <laughs> a little bit moody. Uh, yeah, and you pretty a cynical much cynical asshole is what yeah, it is you pretty much constantly kept saying that he that that he reminded oh my god you do that you do that oh my god you do to that. the point of where in one episode i was like i don't think i do and then we did literally the first 5 minutes of the next episode we watched he did three things that i do on the regular mm. <laughs> just straight away including saying something i can't remember what it was that i say and you just went Holy fuck! It was like the tea. It was like the show knew. <laughs> there's a bit where like there's this woman he likes. Um, so he buys her a record and a, like one of those little portable record players, and she's really pleased with it. And he's really pleased that she's getting into it. And he goes around to her apartment and looks at her record collection. Doesn't approve of it, so he steals it. You would do that. You're very judgmental. No, I'm not actually. I think that everyone, I don't believe in the phrase guilty pleasure. I think everyone should like what they like, and that's cool if people like what they like. Mm. Um, and so I'm cool with that. So I don't, I, I don't really agree with you on that point there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there are other bits that I think you can, you could, you could very much sort of say 
All right, fair enough, yeah. But I actually really enjoyed Lord of Milk. Yeah, it's really um, good. It's fun, it's funny, it's a half an hour show. And when you get to the, the season three, there's a... Because it builds the characters that are in your support group in. One of them, uh, that is kind of like a character of fun throughout it, a character called Muggsy, gets a really good arc, doesn't it? That's quite heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's a... The performance from the comedian Brian Regan playing him is really fucking good. He he plays the, the the just completely broken by everything, just really well, and it it, it does kind of it, it adds a little bit of dramatic weight to it. I I, I enjoyed it and a little bit gutted that it's now <laughs> it was three seasons. Yeah. And there's probably not going to be a fourth. Well, hopefully they revisit it. Yeah. My um, one criticism of it is that they try and build up new guy into a bigger yeah, character. Yeah, he's just not they a very do give up on that, though, fun character. Towards the end, don't they? He's just annoying. Yeah. Um, just before we go into your what you've been watching. Yeah. Have Have you guys seen the first look pictures of the crow? Yes. Yeah. Thoughts. I'm I, interested um, because of the because of who it is, um, but yeah. I'm just not sure. It, 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 it's a crow for today, isn't it? it does look like it's um, a crow for today, yeah. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what happens with it. Like, uh, if it's shit, the Brandon Lee one exists still. Like, it's not. Like, it's not going to replace it in the world. So, I'm, I'm fine with them them doing it. I don't really see why, but fine. I'll give it a watch. But I showed um, the picture to the guy that I work with. And he was like, I was just like, look, oh, check out Pennywise's abs. And he was like, huh, someone's been skipping chest day. That was his only comment. And it is, he has got like this real, like, tiny shrunken chest and then these abs. It's a CrossFit body, isn't it, rather than a. <laughs> it's a, it's a, he, he could, he could run a 5k, whereas the, the abs guy couldn't. The, the uh, pecs guy couldn't. Yeah, fair. Fair. Yeah, sorry, it's it turned straight. Sure, because I missed the start, so I didn't know what he talked about. Yeah, well, should have been here, shouldn't you? Yeah, I was um, so what have I watched? I uh, I rewatched Jurassic World. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jurassic World. It's good. It's a good action movie. Um, it gets a little bit bland and a little bit just. Here's some things towards the end. Twenty minutes. <laughs> but in building up to that, it's good. Um, I, I, I mean, I actually like Bryce Dallas Howard in it. I think it's just quite fun. Cool. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, like that. Uh, also rewatched um, Tin Cup, the Kevin Costner, uh, Ron Shelton movie, after I watched uh, Bull Durham the other week. That's uh, also Kevin Costner, uh, Ron Shelton movie. Uh, but this one, he's not a baseball player, this one. No, he's a golfer. He's cool. a golfing man. Golfing man. Yeah. Because uh, cool. But he's not like your traditional golfer. No, no, no. 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 Uh, I like Tink Up. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Not that much to say, but it's too long. It's over. It's like two and a quarter hours long. Gosh, is it? Yeah. This movie shouldn't be two and a quarter hours long. I feel like Kevin Costner doesn't do short films. He doesn't often do short films, no. Um, what else did I watch? Rewatched Toy Soldiers. I'd have watched this with you. Well, you didn't. Um, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yep. I mean, yes, correct. 
Toy Soldiers is good. It's a fun movie. Yeah. However, every time I watch Toy Soldiers, I'm always blown away by the fact that Toy Soldiers was made in 1991 and it couldn't feel more like it was made in 1986. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was made in 1991. It's, it's good, but you are watching it going... There's an element of... Yeah, but you're basically going, oh, look, look at these these fantastic young boys that are all come from good stock doing all of these things. And it's a bit like, nah, they won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun enough. Um, and then to round off what, I also, what else I watched... Um, I rewatched a movie called Leaves of Grass, the Tim Blake Nelson written and directed movie uh, starring uh, Edward Norton, uh, Susan Sarandon, uh, Kerry Russell, Edward Norton again, and Tim Blake Nelson himself. Um, A movie that literally me saying I watched Leaves of Grass has made everybody listening to this podcast go, holy shit, yeah, that was a movie. Yeah, that's what I just did. (laughs) Because nobody has remembered this fucking movie. (laughs) Even I forgot it existed until I saw it on Prime and went, fucking hell, yeah. Um, so, we watched this. For anyone who's not watched it, Susan, uh, Suzanne, Edward Norton plays twin brothers. Yeah. Um, from uh, like a, a deep south place called Little Dixie. One of whom, uh, they're both geniuses. Yeah. One of whom has become an academic. Um... And one of whom has become a um, horticulturalist pot dealer. <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, the horticulturalist pot dealer has got himself in some shit. So cons his brother into coming back down to visit a place that he never goes to. Um, so he can pretend to be him so he can commit a murder. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed my rewatch of it. Um, it's, it's fun and it's kind of breezy. And I like this about Tim Blake Nelson directed movies. Yeah. That they're like, cause he, he did one, um, I'm very certain he directed this. I need to just double check quickly to make sure I'm not misremembering this. But he did a, yeah, he wrote and directed a, um, like a reimagining of a fellow with, um, Josh Hartnett. Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia Stiles that's actually really quite good um, and he also did um, like a a really bleak uh, movie called The Grey Zone as well um, as, a, as a director I quite like him as a director but this is quite breezy yeah it's um, it's fun enough but I, I wouldn't say you need to rush out and rewatch it if you've already seen it but yeah, I enjoyed it enough. Good. I I completely forgot to put out for questions and bits like that today because I had a busy day at work. So we don't have any. Um so so guys, that's kind of gonna be a bit of a what are you watching? What what are we covering next week, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Well we still managed to do two hours, so good for us. Um so coming up next time, uh we're gonna have Dune part two. Yep. And uh, Spachaman. What? 
Spichemin. New, new Adam Sandler Spichemin. film. With his creepy fucking spider. Okay. Um, I think we're all, we, we also have guests, don't we? I think so. Yeah. But I don't know yet. But we think we so. Think we might have guests, so uh, wait and see you guys. But yeah, that was episode 528. A, 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 a more chilled affair, um, but a lot of fun still. Um, so I'll say thank you very much, Ian, and I hope you feel better by June too. Uh, and thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you very much, listeners. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.